Wright State University's number one stop for film talk and classic rock. It's Reels and Riffs. And now, here's your host, fresh from the Master Control Studio at WHIO and the only random in radio, it's Random Allen. Hello, and welcome to Reels and Riffs. Time for a little bit of R&R. Today, I am joined by Ken Kurtz, acclaimed 3D printer and hand painter or from locally around the Miami Valley. How are you doing today, man? Uh, I'm good, man. It's, um, I'm glad that you have me in here and... I look forward to having a good conversation. Uh, definitely an impressive studio. So I'm excited to be here. Is it your first time being in a radio studio? Yeah, it's the first time ever. First time ever? Yeah, I've never been in one, no. you never been in any kind of radio studio, or have you ever done a podcast before? No, none, nothing like that, no. Well, we're going to be talking about a lot of cool stuff today. We're talking about Godzilla, the new Christmas Story sequel, and RoboCop. And then at the very end of the show, we'll be doing an interview with Ken Kurtz, an exclusive interview about his work, how he got started, and where you can buy his amazing um, 3D printed things today. But now let's get to my big three. Here's Random's big three. Number one. Godzilla vs. Kong came out last year to massive success. What did we think of Godzilla vs. Kong? Where do we think they can go with the MonsterVerse next? And what made us Godzilla fans? Coming up... Number 2 Ah, there it is. The holy grail of Christmas gifts. The Red Rider 200-shot range model air rifle. That's right, they're making another sequel to The Christmas Story. Will this one be good? Have they learned anything since the last time? More on the sequel to one of our favorite Christmas classics coming up. Number three. That are alive, you are coming with me. And finally, a RoboCop prequel. Without RoboCop? The details on these stories and more coming up. Okay, so getting right into it, last year we saw the blockbuster release of Godzilla vs. Kong, which came out to like massive acclaim. A lot of fans liked it. And then before, like it's the latest film in the Legendary Pictures MonsterVerse, which includes like the Godzilla 2014, um, Godzilla Kingdom Monsters, like Kong Skull Island, and. I thought that, like, you know, it's really cool to see that Godzilla is um, becoming a lot more mainstream now. Because back when I was a kid, and back when you were a kid, like, it was um, very kind of niche. Like, being a Godzilla fan was not as easy as it was today. Not all the movies were out. What got you into Godzilla initially? Um, as a kid, uh, sitting in front of the TV on a Saturday morning, uh, I think USA used to have a marathon. Um, every Saturday and Sunday, they would have, like, an all-day from 9 a.m. till... 12 p.m., you know, or 12, yeah, 12, 12 midnight, it would be, it would be um, nothing but Godzilla all day. So I, I kind of got my start with him there. You know what I mean? And yeah. I like the whole, um, <clears throat> like the jankiness of it, you know, like the, like it was kind of comical, yet it was still very interesting and, and entertaining at the end. It was just a great overall experience for me to watch it all the time. So. It's very unique, too. Like the, you know, watching Rubber Suit and Monsters, it's kind of, it has its own appeal. It's really like, um, and like the plots are usually ridiculous for a lot of these movies, but it's like a very fun kind of, it's a very <laughs> fun movie to like, um, you know, a very fun series of movies to really get into. 
and I kind of have had a similar thing with Godzilla where or when like I was I think I was like 10 I one of the people I was following online he did a big um, Cinemassacre um, Godzilla-thon where he covered all the Godzilla movies and I was like you know these kind of sound fun like I want to go check it out and it was back when um, you know back for you kids nowadays back when Netflix they still had they still um, let you like order movies and have it like you know sent to your house before streaming was really big and that's how I like had an opportunity to see like Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla Godzilla Raids Again and like a lot of these and you know they're campy they're a little bit cheesy but that's part of the appeal and like one of the things about the new ones is that i kind of think it misses a little bit of that with like the cgi and stuff where like it kind of misses like the combination between being awesome and being cheesy yeah i agree i mean i i do believe that uh the uh, a lot of the godzilla appeal of them to them movies was the campiness and the the <laughs> the use of rubber suits and men that were, you know, doing it. The CGI is all cool and all. Don't get me wrong. I mean, it's phenomenal work, and it's definitely cutting edge. But at the end of the day, I still like the cheesy campiness of the rubber suits, man. I just... I entirely agree. I just, you know what I mean? It's just one of them things, like, I guess what you're, you, you're used to seeing that when you first see it. So your first experience was <clears throat> with the rubber suits. So, you know, when they do the CGI, you're like, I'm like, oh, man, Kong vs. Godzilla. Epic movie. Great movie. But at the end of the day, I still prefer the rubber, rubber suit. suits. Yeah, King Kong. You know what I mean? Was it was it 1922 running around? It was like 1960 or something. Yeah, where it had 1960, right? Yeah, that was the vampire. 1960. And you're just like, they could do. You know, they could still use rubber suits. I'm sure they could do it. They do it with every, other things. And Jim Henson does it with puppets and stuff. So I'm sure they can still do the rubber suits. I don't know why they choose to. Yeah, exactly. I mean, CGI. I think that both of them can kind of coexist. <laughs> like, the one good thing about the new, like, um, American ones is that they're better than, like, what they tried to do in, like, 1999 with, like, the first American Godzilla where it was, like, you know, he looked like a velociraptor and it's, oh. like, running around they kill it with missiles. <laughs> like, I like, um, you know, I think it's a faithful, like, you know, overall it's, like, a faithful adaptation. I still prefer the rubber suits personally because it kind of has its own appeal. I wanted to, like, um, go back to, like, Godzilla vs. Kong. Like, what did you think about that? Like, it for me, like, I really enjoyed it. I thought the plot was a little bit, like, you know, <laughs> iffy. But that's one of the things with Godzilla movies. You kind of expect ridiculous. Well, they're all, they're all iffy plots. Yeah, exactly. There really is no, and at the end of the day, they're usually subtitled, so half of the stuff isn't even right that's coming across the screen anyway. Yeah, I mean? exactly. So it's hard to follow what's really going on. But I, I agree. I mean, I, I thoroughly like that one. It's one of my favorite ones. Um I like the cheesiness of the outfits, you know what I mean? Yeah. But they, they but then the way that they interact together, the the you know, the two actors that play the Kong and Godzilla, it was a really good chemistry. And then they had like a very good um <coughs> I felt like they gave each of them a moment in the in that movie and they had like, you know, Godzilla coming out on top in one part of it, Kong coming out on top in another part. They gave him the axe, which is like a cool little thing. Yeah. I kind of like what they did with the the upside down world where they're like heading down there and it's like an upside down world of monsters. And then the to you know the the movie's been out for a few months, so I'm you know I feel clear to do spoilers. But Mechagodzilla, them bringing him in at the end, I kind of saw that coming a little bit, but I thought that was a nice little touch. I I, I thoroughly enjoyed the new one. I thought the new one had a lot of um, different up you know great the aspects about it. It was great to add to the storyline in the series of Godzilla. I'm sure it made a lot of fans. You know what I mean? Because there was a couple duds in there. Over the last couple of years, especially the one that was what with Matt, Matthew Broderick. Yeah, that one. Horrible movie. I mean, I'm not knock, knocking the movie itself altogether, <coughs> but it was a horrible Godzilla movie. 
Yeah, I agree, because it didn't feel like Godzilla. Like, with this new one, like, with the new American movies, it's... He's still Godzilla. Like, you know, he's an unstoppable force of nature. With the Matthew Broderick one, it feels like they were trying to rip off Jurassic Park. Yeah, almost, yeah. It yeah. really felt Remember like Remember, he, like, Godzilla lays <laughs> eggs, and then there's, like, you know, they pop out, like, little velociraptors. Yeah, I, I just wasn't feeling that movie. I, I, although I watched it because it's a Godzilla movie, and obviously yeah, you watch it. Yeah, you're a big movie, fan, yeah. Not a huge fan at all of that movie. I mean, it had maybe one or two moments. Yeah, and that's it. You know, it. the tail goes by the window. But it was just kind of, yeah, yeah, that was cool. But, like, you know, there's too much of the too much of the human characters. Like, yeah. that's one of the, usually when you have, like, a Godzilla movie, that's one of the marks of a bad Godzilla movie, where you have, like, too much of a focus on the human characters. And remember, there's, like, that scene where they're trying to lure him out with fish, and, well, you know. Were, he wasn't even fighting anybody in the movie. So yeah, he, he doesn't even. away from the actual Godzilla. is just a rumbler. He likes to rumble. He's always fighting other monsters. So when they went all storyline with that and then changed him up 100%, like, yeah, they changed them rough. up. They made him, like, not Godzilla, yeah. and he's, like, a mutated iguana. What are they doing <laughs> yeah. with that? I feel like the new one did justice. The new, yeah. the new one, definitely. My question is, so, like, you know, we have, um, we had the original Godzilla where they did, like, those Muto monsters that kind of reminded me of Cloverfield. Then uh. you had in, like, the second one, yeah, like, I feel like a lot of American monsters, they kind of come back <laughs> to that Cloverfield-looking design. Yeah, yeah, the but, big... But um, then you have, like, um, Godzilla King of Monsters, Mothra, King Ghidorah, and then Rodan, which, you know, good, amazing lineup, classic lineup. And then we had Khan and Mechagodzilla. Where would you want them to go from here, like, for the next? Because, obviously, there's going to be a next, like, Godzilla movie because Godzilla vs. Khan makes so much money. What, like, new monsters do you want them to bring up, <laughs> well, bring I, in? I mean, I'd like to see Gamera. Yeah. I, I mean, Gamera would be great. I think um, Anguarius would be great. Um, I'm not, I can't recall the spider spider one i think um manda or no no manda's the um i forget his name but i know what you're talking about yeah, manda's the um he's on monster, sea island, but, yeah. monster zero or whatever monster yeah. islands yeah so yeah i'd like to see gamera most likely i'd like to see gamera i mean we've, we've, we've seen king king Edward on a million times yeah he's one of the most popular like reoccurring villains. And do i like him yeah i think he's great mechagodzilla great but i want to see some of the older ones you know what yeah. i mean like the ones that you just don't see every day um the smog monster. Whatever. Yeah, the smog monster. He only got one movie. I think he yeah. was in, like, Godzilla Final Wars <laughs> for a little bit. But the bad thing about, like, Godzilla versus smog monster is that they could have gone, like, you know, they could have made a Godzilla horror movie out of that. There are parts of that that are, like, really, really good. And then, like, other parts where there's, like, kids sane in and it just kind of feels tonal whiplash. That or give us something fresh. Yeah. Give or us something a new else. monster. Create us something that, that not, like, a, a kaiju of the likes of nothing we've never seen. Yeah, I want to get back to the um, Godzilla vs. Gamera because now they're both owned by the same company, and I'm surprised that, that that hasn't happened because people have been asking for it for literal years. And, like, I don't think that there's, you know, not a lot of people around, like, um, the U.S. <coughs> really know about Gamera anymore. Like, you know, it's kind of like Gamera has kind of fallen to the wayside a little bit since, you know, the, his last movie was, I think, in, like, 20, like, or 2009, I think. And I think yeah. it's maybe a good time to reboot Gamera and then maybe introduce them to a new audience, get people great. coming back and looking at those old movies. It'd be great because you you, you've seen what, um, uh, you're familiar with the movie Rampage with the Rock. Yeah. Those monsters were amazing. Yeah. And they I were simple. Think. They were simple. The alligator, phenomenal. The, the wolf, like that kind of stuff, they just need to do that with Godzilla. Bring him something that we haven't seen before or multiple like, like that. And, and, you know, have him like an all-out, I'd like to see another Monsters Island. Yeah. Something I would, a uh, uh, um, Godzilla monster I want them to bring back is Desidroia. 
from Godzilla vs. Destroya, the oh. the one that looks like a big devil, oh, and yeah, you know, yeah. in that movie where the one he's that they, like they, they coined Destroya, right? Yeah, where he's yeah. like, um, you know, Godzilla's melting down and stuff. I wish they would bring him back. That monster has such a cool design. He, you know, he did actually have a really cool design. I really like that. It was one of their better designs for the characters. They, they just have a lot of um, there's a lot of good characters. Jet Jaguar. Yeah. Great monster to fight godzilla yeah i mean like that's one of those where it's like you know they went full out like kind of like power ranger you know like um ultraman like thing and yeah. having him fight against like um what was it megalon yeah. where it's like a giant cockroach it, that movie's so ridiculous you gotta love it yeah. like with like the gravity defying kick Could and you everything imagine him fighting him now in cgi with the new stuff that they have like home? yeah it'd be it'd be fun to see yeah. it'd be fun to see do a rumble do camera Get Jaguar, Godzilla. Yeah, just make a movie, make another remake of Destroy All Monsters. Just bring, like, everybody in. Yeah, I like that because, remember, it was um, <clears throat> where all the monsters were fighting. And it was, it was the Monster Island, I believe, where they were all fighting. Yeah. Great. You know what I mean? Like, I'll take that on that. Those are all great ideals. Now, we're going to cut to a short little commercial break. When we come back, we're talking about the new Christmas story, like, sequel, and then a RoboCop prequel. You're listening to Reels and Riffs. Back in a moment. You're listening to Reels and Riffs on Wright State's one and only radio station, WWSU 106.9. Satan's right choice. You're listening to Reels and Riffs on WWSU 106.9 FM. Now back to your host, professional radio producer and king of all name puns. Here's Random Allen. Welcome back to Reels and Riffs. And on this day, March 10th, 1964, in rock history, Paul Simon and Art Garfunkel recorded their hit song, The Sound of Silence. I'm back here in the studio with Ken Kurtz. How's it going, man? Going good. I'm glad to be here. And so next up, we're going to be talking about a very strange story. This is actually Legendary Pictures again. We were just talking about the Legendary Pictures Godzilla movies. Um, They're trying to make another sequel to The Christmas Story. Because that went so well the first time. This is the third time they've made like an air sequel. But this time they're bringing back some of the original cast, like like um, Peter Billingsby returning as Ralphie. But um, before we get into like you know talking about the another Christmas story sequel, what makes the Christmas story so special to you? Like like what made you like love the movie so much? Because I know we're both big fans about of the Christmas story. Well, we were just we were we were just both there at the actual house in what is it Cleveland. Yeah, in Cleveland, <clears throat> which was an amazing experience for both of us. I mean, we were like little kids in a candy store because it's just it just for me it brings back a lot of good memories. You know what I mean? Good memories with with family members that aren't around anymore. Um, <clears throat> it also is a very good, uh, you know, it's one of the movies where you, you know as a kid like you, you wake up every morning and you're like, oh man, I really hope I get that toy for Christmas. Well, you know, I think every kid that watched that wanted the Red Ryder BB gun. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, it was like, oh man, I really want a Red Ryder BB gun. And you know, from the Christmas story, and, you know, I ended up making that dream come true and ended up getting one. Uh, but, yeah, it's just, I think the the memories, the memories of watching it, I enjoy it. I watch it every year. I make sure I watch it every year. Um, I watched the sequel, did not like the sequel at all. Um, I'm hoping that the Bill Billingsworth one is much better. I mean, 
But he's so much older now, so it's just hard yeah. to... It's a weird kind of thing. Because part of the appeal for the Christmas story for me, I kind of had a similar situation where I always watched it with my mom. Like, every Christmas, like, we'd watch it. And it's one of those where it's a very nostalgic movie. Like, it brings you back to your childhood where you wanted that one toy, that one thing. And it's, like, very funny. And it was a very underrated classic when it came out because it wasn't very popular when it came out, surprisingly. It's one of those where it became popular later on when people rediscovered it. And one of the funniest things to me about, like, our trip to the Christmas Story house is um, my fiancé... And your fiance, my fiance Alex, and her mom, your fiance Amy, um, they had never seen, and they still haven't seen <laughs> the Christmas story. And they were just so confused. And like, I can kind of get it because if you've never seen it, like seeing all the, seeing like the the pole that um, the one kid Randy gets his like um, tongue stuck on, or seeing like the the bunny suit and stuff, they thought we were in some kind of weird cult. Yeah, I, I agree, but, you know, it's one of them things, too, where um, I think, in it, you know, once they sit down and watch it, they'll feel the the same nostalgia we have because it, it does bring uh, a warming feeling around Christmas time to watch it. I watch it when it's not Christmas sometimes when, you know, I see it on or if it's available to watch, I watch it no matter what. It just brings back great memories for me. I love the, the story. I love the, you know, the characters in it. Um, I just hope that they make the 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 yeah. prequel or whatever, a lot better, or the sequel better. Because the second one they made was absolutely horrible. Yeah, it was the. I had seen the second one. I didn't go in expecting like to like it too much, but even going in expecting it to be bad, like it surprised me with how like just, it just didn't feel like the the Christmas story is one of those movies where you kind of only want it to you know. It's its own thing. It's its own kind of solitary thing, and it's perfect as it is. And you don't want to try to, like, you know, mess with it by, you know, making it into, like, a cash grab. And that's what they tried to do. They have him, like, be older, and he's trying to save up for a car and stuff. Yeah. And it's just, you know, the actor they got to play Ralphie in that. It just It's just so different. And it's one of those where they're trying to, you can tell it's just an entirely a cash grab. It's not, there's yeah. no heart or soul to it. I mean, I don't even know if you if you, if you should, should, they should have ever even done it. Honestly. Yeah, because I don't think that they should have. The because it'd be like remaking... Was, it, was Dick Van Dyke played Frosty the Snowman's voice or whatever? Yeah. Or, like, like remaking Google. It's a Wonderful Life, which yeah, I'm sure they probably have done or at some White point. Christmas. Like, well, I'm just yeah. saying remaking them. Sometimes remaking them isn't always the best thing. Now, when's the last time Bill Billingsley actually acted? I don't know. Did he stop right after? Probably. It was one of those situations where, like I said, like, the Christmas story when it came out in theaters didn't really make a lot of money. It was mainly, like, later on. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, I think that this is the first time he's coming back since. And he's how old now? Forty. Yeah, he's like forty or something. I actually, that? I actually had an opportunity um, on my other job at WHIO to talk to Zach Ward, the guy who played Scott Farkas, the bully. Oh, the bully. Yeah. Uh, unlike, unlike in the movie, he doesn't have yellow eyes, and he's actually a really nice guy. He's he's still redheaded, right? Yeah, he's still redheaded. And one of the things he mentioned is that um, when talking to Larry, is that. Uh, he hadn't actually, like, you know, he was in that movie. It was kind of a big, big deal at the time, like, for him. But after that, he kind of, you know, like, stopped acting, you know, kind of went off and lived his life. And I'm assuming it's a similar situation for, like, Bill Billingsley, where it's And just, then they're, like, come back and make a sequel? Yeah. To the, one of your, probably your... Your most the, famous movie, yeah. Well, what, classic movies of all time. Yeah. I mean, it really has become a, a staple in most people of our generations, and even... Even in you know my generation, your generation, and, and more to come, you know what I mean? Because kids just yeah, kids love it even now. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those kind of things where, like, 
what from what I've read about the the new sequel that they're doing, it's like a very different kind of movie where they're having Ralphie come back to the old Christmas story house. Which side little tangent, it's hilarious that that house is just in the middle of a normal neighborhood in Cleveland. Like I feel horrible for those people that just live next door as oh, far as parking. Like that house too, they're not even gonna like make it just like a make a Hollywood lot house that says this is the, they're gonna bring him back to the Cleveland. House. Yeah, they're gonna bring him back to the Cleveland house. Wow. That's big. It's big for Cleveland. It is really big for Cleveland. It's a lot of traffic and foot traffic. And yeah, people are going to want to see it. It's going to be a spectacle. Hopefully, hopefully they do a good job with it. I'd love to see a, a good sequel. The second one they made was horrible. Yeah, it was horrible. It. I guess they're going with. Um, he's coming back to a childhood home, and they're. Um, he's dealing with the death of his dad, and kind of running into some of his like you know old friends and stuff. And you know maybe that could be a good direction. I mean, we have stuff like the new Ghostbusters where they brought back the old cast. That was amazing. It, yeah. was, it was it was truly a moment in movie uh, cinematography to see that at the end of that movie. It was a moment, like especially when you're when you're a fan, yeah. when you're a super fan or you're a fan in general. To see that was just something uh, something special. You know what I mean? To me, it was anyway. I, I take movies very seriously when I watch them, and, and I and I love to like that kind of uh, yeah you know surprise. And, and even though my fiance Amy slept through it. Um, she did eventually see it and thought the same thing. She was like, that was a really touching moment at the end. Yeah, that's an example of them doing it right, where you're respecting the originals. You're not just, you know. Right. That movie was definitely done right. It wasn't right. just a cash grab. You could tell that they actually cared. And that's how, you know, if they're going to make this new Christmas story, like, you know, good, that's how they're going to have to do it, where, you know, they show the audience, hey, we actually care about the Christmas story. We care about the property we're talking about. And, you know, we're going to bring back the older actors. Like, if it's going to be good, that's what they're going to have to do. I believe, I agree. I totally agree. I mean, I think it's going to have to be uh, someone that loves the, the franchise. You know what yeah. I mean? And wants to make the franchise like the, the Ghostbusters after that. Whoever that guy, I don't know who directed that. I'm not really familiar with him, but that guy there. He, he got he, it. He obviously loved the movies and did it. Yeah. So... Pivoting, like, making a segue to another one of our favorite, um, another one of our favorite franchises from childhood, RoboCop. They are going to make a new RoboCop movie. It's a prequel, and it's a RoboCop movie without RoboCop. So, the the whole the whole like crux of it, the whole like um, premise behind it is that it's going to be following the, the corrupt CEO, like Dick Jones, from the first movie, and like an origin story for him. I just think that's such a strange way to go. That's such a strange way to go, especially because a lot of people, like you know, nowadays, like they haven't, you know, they haven't made a new RoboCop movie, like in actual, like you know, in the original series mm-hmm. since I think like the '90s. So you know, uh, wasn't there? I'm not, I'm not, was there a TV show that did or something? I think they they did an animated TV show. Then they had that remake back in like 2010 that was pretty forgettable. Yeah, and yeah, that's yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It was that forgettable. I don't even remember watching. Yeah, you know, I did watch it. I am sure I watched it. I, it, I do remember talking about it. It was kind of like it was kind of like Total Recall, where it was one of those where they kind of slapped it together, yeah. and they're like, well, "Oh, people remember RoboCop. Let's use this." Well, I think I think you, it's like having Nightmare on Elm Street without Freddy. Yeah. Like, come on, no Jason Voorhees. Like, are you serious? Like, I, I don't think it's going to go over well. I think it's going to do. It's going to be. It's one of those things where, like, like a, that guy's a, like a, 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 a joker or um, a riddler. Yeah. Or he's not like that. You know like, he was he was good enough in the first movie for what he did, but, like, yeah, I wouldn't movie. make a series about him, especially no. so long after the fact. Do you even care? Do you care? Yeah, not really. No, I'm not going to. I want to see RoboCop killing the big robot that would, he would Yeah, have. yeah, um, um, 
E two seven or something. Or, 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 at two oh nine. At two oh nine. Or give yeah. me give me a, a rogue Robocop. All yeah. black. Jet black like Batman type figure. That kind of Robocop. Yeah, do something it's new but have Robocop in it. Like have you know Robocop fight Godzilla or something. Yeah. Don't e give us a backstory of some guy we can care less about. Yeah, even if we like you know, even if it's good, it's still one of those situations where, you know, we don't really your audience doesn't really care. Like even like Robocop fans were kinda like I would have rather had like um, a new like if you did it in addition to like something else, you know, that'd be one thing. But I would have rather had a new Robocop. But the original story, if you really think about it, the original story wasn't that great either. It wasn't a real yeah. solid. Story. And I mean, a Robocop guy gets killed. They implant him like uh, bionics, and then he gets revenge. So it wasn't like a deep story to begin with. Yeah. So I think they're just reaching for any avenue to make this, you know, to like maybe draw into making, make us, you know, after they make the new prequel or whatever, they're making another one, being like, well, this is. It's a long story that I wouldn't even touch, yeah. honestly. Honestly, I think that series has ran its course. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where, you know, if you're not going to do something new with it, like actually involving the main character, like the world is like pretty, the world is fun. Like it's one of those where it's like a cyberpunk world where, you know, Detroit's full of crime. And like it's one of those things where you could do more stuff with it. It's just, you know, I I don't like what they're doing. So who makes a good RoboCop in, in the prequel? If you were going to make a new RoboCop movie, who would be a RoboCop? Who would be RoboCop? Um, if I could get back like Peter Weller, if I could get back like Peter Weller to do the voice, you know, and maybe have like a different guy, like you know, CGI. it's pretty, yeah, it's pretty crazy what they can do with CGI now. Like for yeah. the end of the Mandalorian, when you have Luke Skywalker come out and it's like young Mark Hamill and it looks like young Mark Hamill, yeah, 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 yeah. like we're getting to the point where we might be able to do that. But you know, I could see bad. that. He's a lot more. He is a lot more of a talented actor than or I think I'll, people give him credit for. The Rock would be a great Robocop. Maybe just because of his charisma, he would be a great. My dude. biggest thing about that, I'd be worried that they would just like have him play The Rock. You know what yeah. I mean? Because they—that's the thing about The Rock. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like I like The Rock, but it's one of those things where like they'd be like, "Oh, I gotta cover." You know, we're covering The Rock's face. We can't do that. Like The Rock basically plays himself in every movie. I mean, people would want to see. I think I'd want to see Peter Weller in kind of like a. Like a, a ghost type thing. Now, I, I wouldn't know how to explain it, but oh, I get what see you him mean. as the main actor. But you would want to see him kind of come back as like a mentor kind of thing. Or like or... The, the old RoboCop just shows up in the middle of the fight. Like Arnold Schwarzenegger is Terminator always. Every Terminator. Yeah, like where they bring like, him back. I'll be back. And then he shows up. Like that kind of. Yeah, where where he they kind of moved on to a new story, but they're still like paying tribute yeah. to the older so one. So definitely when, when, when it all said and, said and done, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. And now I want to um, transition to our song of the week. Pull out your turntable and spin those vinyls. This is Reels and Riffs Song of the Week. Welcome to the Song of the Week. This is the segment of our show where either me or our visiting guests pick a song that's like classic rock related and it, they tell us like why it's important to them or, you know, it's related to something we've been talking about. What's our song that our audience is going to be listening to today, Kenny? Uh, one by Metallica. One by Metallica. That's a very classic. That's a um, classic song from a classic album. Why did you pick it? Um, honestly, I picked it just. Uh, you know, I had a, I had a bunch of friends in uh, high school, and uh, and, I, and I was always uh, more of an R&B, hip hop, uh, you know, 1980s hair bands. Um, and I, I wasn't a really huge Metallica fan. I mean, I was aware of their music and some of their albums, but. Uh, just them listening to it all the time, and then I, you know, I grew up fond of listening to. Uh, I just think they're a great band. And when I when I hear the music, it soothes me and makes me get into that music zone where you're like, man, this is really good. 
the guitar riffs are a vibe. Are classic. Yeah, there's just that's I mean there's so many things that that song when I hear it soothes the soul, even though it has nothing to do with yeah, it's soothing the song. My life, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. really, in general. Because at the end of the day, I think the, the video is about a guy getting his face shut off in the army or something like that. That's yeah, like something the, like that. Yeah, so it has nothing to do, like, a personal level, like, where I can relate to this this guy, but I can also relate to the music because I just like the... the yeah, you like the, the melody, you yeah, like the, the melody, riff. The it riff, just... the lyrics. It's just a great song. I think it's an instinct. It's always been a classic. Okay, this is One by Metallica. When we come back, you'll hear an exclusive in live interview with our guest, Ken Kurtz, Kurtz, custom 3D printer and hand painter. You're listening to WWSU 106.9, Dane's Right Choice. We'll be back in a moment. Reels and Riffs. I'm joined today again by Ken Kurtz for a little R&R. Of course, that stands for Reels and Riffs. How's it going, man? Going good, man. Going good. Glad to be here. Okay. Well, let's get into the main crux of our interview segment today. I was curious, what got you so interested in, like, art, 3D printing, and hand painting originally? And, like, what, when did you realize that you had a talent for those skills? Oh, man. <clears throat> I was always artistic as a kid. You know what I mean? As a kid growing up, I was always into the arts but i was never i never applied myself to it at a, at a young age as an adult um once you start working and then yeah you, you develop hobbies um i got into model cars and i did model cars for a while and, and you know people would be like oh those are really good and then i'd be like oh that's that's cool <clears throat> you know so that was a big uh start to the whole art thing and then i went and got into warhammer and warhammer was a big uh uh, board game at the time, and I started painting for that. And people were like, "Yo, your stuff's really good. You should turn around and try to do." You know what I mean? Like, yeah. paint, people would ask me to paint their stuff for them and buy my pieces or whatever. And then eventually, uh, I saw 3D printing, and I was like, "Well, now I can make my own stuff. I don't have to go buy NECA." You NECA's saw like a three hundred dollar. Yeah. yeah, I saw an ad for 3D printing and resin and, and uh, PLA, and I was like, "Well, geez, I, I'm just gonna go 3D print and do my own stuff." And then, you know, the first couple pieces were just okay you know what i mean and then i realized after like maybe four or five that um I, I developed my skills and then i watched a lot of videos and i honed my skill and then people started noticing my work so then you know that's what bloomed the whole 3d printing uh professional painter at, at this point so but i always long, had a passion for it so how long did you um how long would you say it took before you actually like really hit your stride like was it was there like a moment where you realized Hey, like I'm very good at like 3D printing. Like I'm actually like um, because I remember the first time I saw one of your pieces, it I thought that it was um, like a professional. Like I thought that it was a like official merchandise. Uh, you know, I I don't think I ever hit my stride yet. I think I can always be better as a painter, as an artist, as a as um, you know, an artist overall. I could be better, and I'm always going to improve. Um, but I say right now, I feel like I'm on top of my game. But if you compare me to some of the, you know, the Scott Lenses out there and stuff, I, you know what I mean? Like, 
it's it's all in the eye of the beholder and who thinks that it's great and some people think that it's not but at the end of the day i think that you're always going to learn you're never going to really hit your stride but if i say i had a stride i probably hit it recently in the last maybe 10 10 pieces that i've done i've really stepped up my quality and and overall painting abilities but i do a lot of studying i spend a lot of hours watching videos on people that paint or that are professional painters and at the end of the day it's you know it's in it, arts in the eye of the beholder so I was curious about your process as far as, like, um, actually creating one of these pieces. Like, you have um, your Godzilla piece right here. I was curious about, like, like you know, from from downloading the schematics to it to actually putting it out on store shelves. Like, what is the process like for you? Well, it's a long process because, uh, you know, you print, you print them in resin. Most of them I print in resin. Some of them I print in PLA, which is plastic. Um, resin's, resin's a little more easier to do, but it's a little more messy. Um, but when, from start to finish, I plan... I go, okay, I'm going to do this model. I pick it, and then I do all the stuff to, to set it up because, because it has to be set up a certain way for the printer to print it. Um, sometimes that fails. Sometimes the printers break. Like, so there's a lot of trial and tribulations. Uh, but once you, you, you've done it for I've been doing it two years now, I pretty much got it under control where I can figure it out pretty fast. Sometimes I sleep less nights about it. You know what I mean? But yeah. um, it's a long process. But then I, once I get the that part, but I already... Before I even have the model painted or anything, I have the creative part of it already in my head. Like, I'm going to paint this color, I'm going to do this color. Sometimes I adjust on the fly, but usually I, I have an overall in my brain of what the piece is going to look like before it's finished or what, what I'm expecting. What is the most difficult part of the process? Oh, uh, making things look good. You know what I mean? Like, the shading, the, the um, a, a lot of times the pieces are, you know what I mean? Like, they won't cooperate, you know what I mean? I think the, the, the biggest part is the the machines. The machines are very complicated to a point. You know what I mean? They, yeah. When they have a problem, it's not like sometimes you can just fix it. You know what I mean? It's it's order a new part or or you go in and you're you're crunched to get something done and, and it doesn't print and you're you know, they take about um, eight hours for most of them to be done. So yeah, it's I'd say that the printing is the hardest. Hard. The overall setting it up, getting it ready. Because you don't really know if it's going to print until it's done. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, what? Um, which of your pieces, like which of your custom pieces, are you particularly like proud of that you've made? Oh man, I, I know it's like asking to choose between your favorite kids, right? Yeah, it kind of is. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. It's not my most intimate, uh, intricate or intimate paint job that I've done where I was like super, you know, in love with the piece, but the Robocop. Robocop, the the, the two foot Robocop, I, I like. I, really, I thoroughly enjoy that piece. And, and then usually my Godzillas are right there. Um, you remember the Gremlin? Yeah, I remember the, the Gremlin. Gremlin was pretty impressive as far as uh, just overall. I love the quality when it was done. You know, but yeah. I, I love every piece I do. It's just it's like having a kid. You know, it's hard to pick. Yeah, and then I, you know I also have you know a very good support system. Uh, Amy supports me very. My fiance supports me very much and makes sure and she encourages me and. And keeps me wanting to do what I'm supposed to be doing. You know what I mean? And she keeps me grounded and she allows me, you know, to to be an artist. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and not many people that are artists get to have that option where you have such a great support that... Um, you can focus on that You can just focus on what, you, what makes you happy. Because, you know, we're, if I was working and doing a, a 9 to 5 every day, I probably wouldn't be doing art. It'd be hard to, like, you know, fit it into your schedule. It's hard to juggle because it is a lot of work. It is a full-time job if you want to do this to be good at it. My goal is not to make a million dollars off of it or anything, 
My goal is that a flea market in 20 years from now, my piece is sitting on the table and it's some little kid picks it up and says, this is really cool. And then he turns it over. Well, who the heck's Ken Kurtz? And for whatever reason, he finds out who I was and finds out that I was an artist and did 3D prints and blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's not about money or fame or it's just about the art, having my stuff sit around in people's collection and their families enjoy it and they pass it down to their kids, you know? Well, we are going to take a short little commercial break. When we get back, we'll finish talking to Ken Kurtz, custom 3D printer and um, local artist. You're listening to Reels and Riffs. We'll be right back. If he didn't have a sense of humor about his name, he'd go crazy. We now return to Reels and Riffs with Random Allen on WWSU 106.9. Dayton's right choice. Welcome back to Reels and Riffs. We are joined again by Kenny Kurtz, professional 3D printer and hand painter. And we are currently talking to him about his like work, how he got started, and where he's going from here. Now, Kenny, what is the proudest moment of your artistic career so far and why? Oh, man. <laughs> Tough question, huh? Yeah, it is. I mean, I think, uh, you know, Gambody, the 3D printing company that um, sells and does the 3D prints that I use on a regular basis. You know, they did a whole, um, you know, article on me being here. It was a big deal for me. So um, They're a magazine, correct? Yeah, a magazine, yep. Yeah, what do they normally talk about? Uh, 3D printing. It's a 3D printing community type magazine. So, yeah. So here, I'd say here, and uh, Gambody's interview, and they display my pieces and use them to sell their merchandise. So I think those are big deals. Uh, the toy show that's coming up, the Great Ohio Toy Show, those uh, <clears throat> people come out and be like, oh, you know, I love your work. That's a good feeling. And they buy my work. You know what I mean? Some yeah, other to be people recognized. So very supported around here locally. And uh, it brings, it humbles me at some points. You know what I mean? But it definitely, I'd say here and in Gambody with their advertising, and, and they always look out for me. And so, yeah, I'd say that would be the big one. Okay. Um, so I was wondering, what were you planning for the future of your business at this point? And what, like, pieces you have, like, on, you know, like, on the docket that potential buyers can look forward to that you're working on right now? Um, I do a lot of Godzilla stuff. Uh, it seems to be a popular genre right now. Um, a lot of Masters of the Universe, uh, vintage-style things. A lot of horror stuff people look for. On the docket, I don't even know. Because there's so many things out there we can, that I can do, you know what I mean? Like, so the, the possibilities are endless. Um, I would like to get into some of the more um, horror genres and do some Leatherface and Michael Myers, like uh, old school stuff. Um, but at the end of the day, I, there's so many options. I just pick whatever I think looks cool, you know? I would like to do some life-size stuff eventually. That would be my big thing is uh, like doing life-size Yoda, life-size Gremlins. You know what I mean? That kind of yeah. thing. But not go too scale. I don't want to be doing... A six-foot predator, you know what I mean? A six-foot-five yeah. predator, but yeah. Yeah, not go too crazy with I like it. to scale up to do bigger pieces, but also, you know, I, that's when you scale up like that, it's a lot of work. And, uh, effort and time, you almost need help at that point, you know? That was Ken Kurtz, Pennsylvania-born, local custom 3D printer and hand painter in the Miami Valley. Where can our listeners buy your work? Uh, they can check me out on Facebook at K. Kurtz Artistry. Um... That's really only where I go. Where I go by. I use I use that as my primary source. Um, they can come out to the Ohio, the Ohio Toy Show on March 26th and look for me there. I'll be selling a bunch of my work there. Um, 
Yeah, Facebook. K Kurtz Artistry. K Kurtz Artistry. Mm -hmm. We are almost out of time, but before we go, let's talk about some weird news. And now for our final segment, Weird News Around the World, where we look at the odd, the unusual, and strangest things our writers can find. Welcome back to Reels and Riffs. I apologize for that unscheduled break. The system, the system is, you know, fighting me right now. But we are back on for Weird News Around the World. This is where we look at numerous different weird stories from around the world, the local area, and everywhere in between. So, Kenny, something that I saw earlier today that is such a very strange situation is a runaway cow that took cops on a low-speed chase Ace, for about like the for about like five or six hours. Uh, do they have anything better to do besides chase a cow? It was in the middle of the highway. Uh, oh, that's bad. Yeah, that is pretty bad. Well... <laughs> So, one of the funniest things is that they couldn't actually get to it because it was, like, waving in between, like, the left lane of traffic. Oh. And they were trying to, like, shut down the area and stuff. And then you'd think that the, they would have had a better system for this, but they probably don't have to deal with this what very often. What happened to tranking animals? <laughs> I, I don't know. You can't trank a cow and be like, not chase it for six hours? I'm sure it had a bunch of safety protocols, but still, I mean, it just seems like a waste of... Taxpayer dollars, taxpayer yeah. dollars, yeah. Company well, time. Like, let me go chase a cow for six hours. Well, so th what they tried to do is they tried to, like, um, have cars around it to block it in, but it escaped and then ended up in a local, like, like mall <laughs> right nearby. It's, like, running up the escalator <laughs> yeah. and stuff. Like, God forbid we ever we ever have, like, some kind of, like, unnatural animal that comes a lot, you know what I mean? Like a Godzilla. Yeah. Like, how will we deal with that? We can't even catch a cow. How are we catching a monster? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, exactly. On. One of the funniest things, so when it got into the mall, what they had to do is they brought in a cop with a lasso. I'm not even joking. To try to, like, you a know, lasso. wrangle in it. Yeah, lasso. That's so bad. Sounds like something out of, like, the Blues Brothers or, like, you know, some I mean, kind I guess of animal rights activists would be, prefer that's the humane way to do it, I guess. I mean, maybe, yeah. Maybe, because, I mean, I don't know. You have to be a pretty good lassoer to get a cow. I guess so, yeah. One of the funniest things is that he wasn't able to do it. They weren't able what? to do it. So it escaped the mall. Ran them on another, like, on a longer chase for a few more hours until, and this is the funniest part about it, the cow ended up in, like, an animal pen and accidentally trapped itself. It trapped itself. That's so bad. They did not catch it, but it trapped itself. I wonder how much resources were wasted for that. I don't know. I mean, think about Effort, yeah. money. Like, come on, dude. Like, they trank bears all the time. Why you can't trank a cow? I mean, think about like all the um, think about like all the um, police cars that they had. I'm like they saying. had to bring out somebody. They had to bring out a guy with the lasso with a lasso, and it's just yeah. ridiculous. <clears throat> Sometimes I just think that the the smart way is not always the right way. Apparently not. Well, this was definitely an entertaining. Yeah, it was. I hope they recorded it. It'd be great. Can you imagine going home to your wife after that work day? Like, what'd you do today? Well, we chased a cow around for six hours. Yeah, you know, you know just I mean? like, just a normal day at the office. Just a normal right? day at the office. We chased a cow, but we're okay. Yeah, we're, we're okay. Nothing, yeah. nothing dangerous. Nothing happened. bad happened. Just chased it around, wasted a bunch of tax dollars, but we're okay. Yeah, exactly. This has been Weird News Around the World. This has been Weird News Around the World on Reels and Riffs. We are at the end of our show. So, Kenny, do you have any shout-outs or any um, promotions you'd like to give out before we end our show? Um, yeah, I have some shout-outs. Um, I just want to tell you, Steve, I love you. And thanks for having me on the show. 
Um, you're a great guy, and I really appreciate you giving me the opportunity to be here. Um, I'm sure Steve appreciates that. Yeah, so does Dave. Dave likes it, too. Oh, Dave likes it, too. Yeah. I thought Dave's not here. <laughs> Dave's not here. He's here. Um, at the end of the day, uh, my friends and family, Lebanon, Pennsylvania, shout out to L-Town. Love it. Always going to love it. It's my place where I was born and raised. Um, I love Ohio as well. Uh, friends and family, my fiance who allows me to be uh, happy and enjoy my hobbies and to be teaches me every, every day that I can be a better man. Um, oh, what's her name? Amy Miller. Oh, Amy Miller. Okay. Yeah, Amy Miller. She works at um, Quaker Houghton. She's a oh, great person. Wow. Yeah, her daughter sucks, but everybody else I love. I, okay, so I can't agree with you on that one. <laughs> hey, I know. You're Hi, fine. babe. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. I love her. I love all her kids, and they're all great people, and um, the world's a better place with every one of them here. But thanks to my friends and family. Thanks to you, Random, for having me here. Um, all jokes aside, great show. That was Kenny Kurtz, custom 3D printer and hand painter. If you're interested in buying any of Kenny's exclusive custom products, go to the Route 68 Toy Mall in Xenia. Okay, that's our show, folks. We will see you guys next week. Next week, we are going to be joined by Kyle A. Bear. You know him as the voice of Gohan and a few of your other favorite characters. See you then. This has been Reels and Riffs with Random Allen. If you missed an episode, tune in to Reels and Riffs on Spotify. Follow Reels and Riffs on Instagram and Facebook. See you next week on Wright State's one and only radio station, WWSU 106.9 FM, Dayton's Right Choice.